0: Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. Upfront payment of $45 required equivalent to $15 a month. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
1: Hey, Jimbo, I'm going to heat up some pasta just in case, okay? You need your energy.
3: Today Explained, I'm Sean ramos Verum, and I don't know where you thought we'd be with this pandemic in September 2021, but I definitely didn't see horse paste coming.
4: There are a lot of crazy news stories in the last couple of years, but this one just struck me as particularly nuts.
3: Marissa Cabus wrote about horse paste for Huffington Post.
4: And I really wanted to understand how people ended up eating horse paste, because it didn't make any sense to me.
3: And in case this makes no sense to you, when we say horse paste, we mean the active ingredient in the horse paste, a drug called ivermectin.
2: Ivermectin paste sales are on the rise at farm supply stores, all because people think it can cure COVID-19. The
3: ivermectin through- is an anti-parasitic. It's been used in humans and animals for decades. The human dose usually comes as a tablet, not a paste. Its creators won the Nobel Prize, and then you gotta fast forward a few decades We get the coronavirus, then the vaccines, and now...
4: We've seen a pretty good increase in the ivermectin. I don't know if it's from cows getting wormy or other issues, but it's hard to get right now.
3: Marissa wanted to find out how ivermectin, specifically in the form of horse paste, started flying off the shelves.
4: And so I just started going down a Twitter rabbit hole, as all my investigations pretty much begin, and found all these people referencing an organization called the FLCCC, the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. What is that? I I had no idea and I kept seeing it come up. So I found out that they are an alliance of doctors kind of loosely affiliated from around the United States and now around the world. And they just put their heads together in early COVID to try and figure out how can we treat this pandemic? A lot of them were critical care specialists who were working in ERs at the time. And they first came up with this protocol to use steroids to treat COVID. And at the time, people called them crazy. They said, you can't use steroids for that. What are you talking about? And then within a few months, that became a part of the protocol for treating COVID patients in hospitals around the country.
3: For every 25 patients in the ICU treated with either dexamethasone or hydrocortisone, deaths fell from 10 to 8.
4: So they kind of felt emboldened by this early success that they were proven right and so they said okay let's take it a step further and let's find the thing that will help us prevent it and treat it and that's how they landed on ivermectin so they developed these two protocols, one for prevention and one for treatment. And they incorporated ivermectin into both of them starting in October of last year. And it was just sort of spread throughout the internet, spread through their different networks, you mean their doctors working at major institutions. And then in December of last year, Dr. Pierre Corey, who's one of the founders, was giving Senate testimony at the invitation of Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. And he called it a miracle drug.
3: Mountains of data have emerged from all, from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. If you take it, you will not get sick. It has
4: immense and.
3: Was he right? Is ivermectin a miracle?
4: Not for COVID. No, it's not.
3: But that is what he was trying to say? He was trying to say that it's a miracle treatment for COVID?
4: Yes. There have been a number of small studies around the world. And he believes that those prove its efficacy. But there hasn't been a large scale trial yet to really prove that. And a lot of those small studies have a lot of ethical issues. One of the largest studies involving ivermectin,
0: the drug that was being administered worldwide to treat COVID patients, has been withdrawn amid concerns of plagiarism and problems with their raw data.
3: A lot of things get said in Senate testimony that do not go mainstream. How does ivermectin become such a buzzy treatment?
4: So Dr. Corey's testimony kind of became this right-wing lore when it was posted on the C-SPAN YouTube page and subsequently pulled down as a COVID misinformation. Hmm. And so people started to think, what are they trying to hide from us?
0: YouTube has banned any videos that even mention ivermectin as a possible COVID treatment. But here's the kicker. Alphabet owns 12% of Vaxitech, who created the AstraZeneca vaccine. Aren't these conflicts of interest?
4: It was feeding into this idea that big tech was somehow getting involved in censoring COVID information and that they didn't want us to know about ivermectin. And the truth was that there was just not enough evidence to prove that it was effective and YouTube didn't want to be responsible for hosting a video that says to the contrary. However, they have no problem hosting videos about how people can do it yourself with horse paste.
5: Hi, guys. I wanted to do a a quick uh, video. Um, I had several people asking if I could show how to do the tube for the horse paste properly. And those have been up for months. Um, It does have a very bitter taste, um, I could compare it to dandelions, has has a very bitter taste. Um, But just put it in your mouth, swallow it, and um, your dose will be over with.
3: So that's how the horse treatment becomes popular over, say, the human treatment?
4: Yes. So people hear about ivermectin late last year. They are asking their doctors to prescribe it to them as a preventative measure for COVID. And most good doctors are saying no. That's not FDA approved for that. Um, in fact, the FDA specifically said last year, don't use ivermectin for COVID. And so people realized, well, there is an ivermectin that's available over the counter. It's just for animals. But what if we took it and portioned it out for humans? It's it's based on weight. So you just do it for a human size instead of a horse size. And they thought this was a, a really clever fix
3: and is the FLCCC the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance aware that people are are doling out horse ivermectin for humans
4: they are aware but they are not doing enough to distance themselves from that because i think their perspective is that all press for ivermectin is good press hmm. i mean this has been around for a number of months now but it blew up a couple of weeks ago when the FDA issued a tweet saying, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Stop, y'all.
3: Is the FDA trying to be cute on Twitter?
4: Yeah, they're like, slide into my DMs. Let's talk about ivermectin. Like, it's weird.
3: What a time. What a time.
4: I mean, I imagine they were trying to get people to stop, but it actually had the opposite effect.
3: Of course it did.
4: (laughs) And organizations like the FLCCC and people who are pro-ivermectin saw that as an attempt to undermine all their research And all the the good work that they've done in prescribing it for humans. And they felt like it was a concerted effort to tie the drug to the horse medication and make it seem completely ridiculous. And so it's become very conspiratorial.
3: And nothing fans a conspiracy better than Joe
4: Rogan? Yeah. I mean, Dr. Corey was on Joe Rogan a couple months ago.
3: First of all, uh, Dr. Corey, please explain who you are and introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So... I'm a lung and I. And specialist.
4: says that big pharma and the government of, uh, are pushing the vaccine, and that's why they don't want you to know about ivermectin. Which is known
3: as one of the safest drugs in history, it's been mass distributed across continents, billions of doses, and they want to bring up cautions around safety. While there are other guidelines for the other diseases that ivermectin is from the WHO, they all they'll write in there. That billions of doses have been administered. The side effects are minor and transient. So they're inconsistent dependent upon what disease they're talking about, ivermectin uh, being prescribed with uh, With COVID, they are off the reservation. What, is, what are the criticisms so, in terms of-
4: And like, he was on as well with Brett Weinstein, who is a very popular anti-vaxxer, has a podcast of his own. And so the millions of people who listen to Joe Rogan who are looking for an alternative to the vaccine were, were handed one.
3: Do we have any idea how many people are actually doing this versus how much people on the internet want to talk about doing this or not doing this?
4: I don't think we could really quantify it at this point. There is a viral story about Oklahoma emergency rooms being um, so overrun by ivermectin patients that they weren't letting gunshot victims come in. And that turned out to be not entirely true. So there's a lot of misinformation flying around, but... It's flying around from both sides because I feel like this conflation of everyone's taking horse medication with, no, people are trying to take this human medication and are just getting creative. It sort of sets up this idea that people came to this all on their own because they're idiots, when in fact they were fed this idea by influential people and then it just kind of spun out of their Control. And so at this point, we have lots of people talking about people taking horse paste, but as far as how many are actually doing it, you know, sitting down and portioning out a livestock drug for themselves, we we don't know yet.
3: Is Dr. Corey and this organization he belongs to, the frontline COVID critical care alliance, are they all anti-vax?
4: I asked Dr. Corey what the makeup was of the doctors there. Like are are they split between vax, anti-vax and pro-vax. And he said there's a mixture, but then he himself contracted COVID recently. <laughs> and they've been very upfront that ivermectin is not good on the Delta variant. It does not work against the Delta variant. And that's what Dr. Corey got. And he was very lucky to have recovered from his case of COVID. But he said he was taking ivermectin for eight to nine months before he got it. And then afterwards, he doesn't need to get the vaccine because he has natural immunity now.
3: I think a thing that sort of frustrates a lot of people about this horse pace situation is that it sounds like people are more willing to try a drug intended for horses than a COVID vaccination that has been broadly tested and shown to have, you know, historic efficacy.
4: Yeah, I I don't think more people are trying it than the vaccine. I mean, our vaccine rates as a country continue to go up. I believe the latest number I saw is that 53% of the population is fully vaccinated. 63% has at least one shot. So we're definitely trending in the right direction. But there are still a good amount of people who just want to try an alternative because they just don't trust anything that the government is telling them, but they trust what some random person in a Facebook group says. And that is just a reflection on our our media ecosystem, the way people digest media these days. And um, it's really tough watching people just reject real good medical advice.
3: Marissa Capus is a freelance journalist. You can find her piece on horse paste at the Huffington Post. At this point, there's no good evidence that ivermectin works, but we'll talk about some treatments that do in a minute on Today Explained.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash explained. Upfront payment of $45 required. Equivalent to $15 a month. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Mom, the vacuum. The vacuum. You never call. That's because I live here, Mom. Hmm.
2: Support for Today Explained comes from Ramp. This ad goes out to all the finance professionals looking for love. I'm just kidding. Looking for a better way to simplify business finance across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting. And to all the accountants... Tired of the same old finance software, Ramp may be the answer you've been looking for. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. So what does that mean? Well, according to Ramp, they give finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. Issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions. Automate expense reporting so you don't waste time. Ramp says its accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time
3: Kelsey Piper, you're a staff writer with Vox's Future Perfect. What non-horse treatments are out there to help with COVID-19?
5: So we're in a much better position than we were a year and a half ago when this hit. Uh, we've developed a lot of treatments that are reasonably effective, you know, both at saving people who are in the hospital and at preventing things from even getting that far in the first place. There's been a lot of recent evidence coming out for like dexamethasone, which is administered to people in the hospital who have severe COVID. And studies have shown significantly reduced the risk that those people end up dying. And there are treatments like monoclonal antibodies that are intended to help Prevent them from getting hospitalized in the first place. That's one of the treatments that Trump took when he got sick last fall.
1: But anyway, I took this drug. I wasn't feeling good. It's a transfusion, as they say, like one hour, and the next
3: day I felt like Superman. I got up and said, "What the hell is going on?"
5: It is reasonably effective against hospitalization.
3: So, are these two treatments—the monoclonal antibodies and dexamethasone—are are they enough? Can we be like, all right? We're
5: we're good now? So not exactly. Like this is a huge improvement over the situation a while ago, but the big downside of dexamethasone is it is only helpful against severe disease. It actually has negative effects if it's administered early in the course of illness because it suppresses the immune system. Um, And then monoclonal antibodies are a really big step forward, but they cost $2,000 a dose. In the US, that's paid for by the government. So you're not paying it out of pocket, but it means it's not an option for lots of people worldwide who are experiencing COVID. and then because you have to go get an infusion under medical supervision, even in the U.S., a lot of people aren't doing that. So we still really need a COVID treatment that can happen early, that's cheap, uh, and that doesn't need medical supervision to administer if we want to like, really change the course of the disease. Are we working on one of those? Yes. Yeah, so researchers have been looking since the start of the pandemic for something like that. And I think right now the evidence is starting to shape up that there are some good options. One exciting one is fluvoxamine.
3: Fluvoxamine?
5: Fluvoxamine.
3: The brand is strong.
5: Uh, it's an antidepressant. It's an antidepressant? Yep.
3: Like Like Prozac or Zoloft or something?
5: Yeah, it is in that genre. It is an SSRI. So so Zoloft is also an SSRI. Um, it, it is cheap and generic. Uh, it's been around in the U.S. since the 90s, and it's approved by the FDA already for the treatment of OCD. Why are people using this to treat COVID? So... Back at the start of the pandemic, a researcher at the University of Washington, St. Louis uh, had been researching patients with a rare genetic disease that caused cellular stress response. And she noticed that fluvoxamine, for whatever reason, seemed to like really improve things for those patients. And she looked it up and there was some research suggesting that antidepressants in general, but fluvoxamine especially, manages cellular stress response. And in particular, manages like the cytokine storm and the inflammation that's what causes so much lung damage in COVID.
3: Was that like a surprising finding that an antidepressant is a great COVID treatment?
5: You know, certainly people tried at the start of the pandemic lots and lots of cheap generic drugs that were known to be safe, just hoping that something would turn up some COVID benefits. And the overwhelming majority of them did not, which isn't surprising because why would most drugs work against COVID? But a couple of them turned out to work, which is really good news for the fight against COVID.
3: But this isn't just like random anecdotal evidence, right? There, there have been some larger trials, I hope.
5: Yes, absolutely. And they got really promising results. A big difference between the control group and the experimental group in the odds of the disease getting more severe, depending on whether they'd taken fluvoxamine. But, you know, that's a small trial, as we saw with ivermectin. Sometimes you see one trial that has like exciting results, but then it turns out there's nothing there when you go a little bit deeper. Uh, So, starting this winter, a team at McMaster University, which has been running a really large thousands of patients, multi-armed clinical trial, added fluvoxamine to the list of treatments that they were studying. And they gave 800 patients fluvoxamine and noticed about a 30% reduction in hospitalization as a result of taking the fluvoxamine. So that's a smaller benefit than monoclonal antibodies. But monoclonal antibodies cost $2,000 a dose and fluvoxamine costs $4 a dose. So pretty promising.
3: So will this drug be authorized to treat COVID and not just as a, you know, like a thing that people tried on their own one time?
5: The FDA has already authorized fluvoxamine for OCD. And the way that things work is that once a drug is fully authorized by the FDA, not an emergency use authorization, but just a standard full authorization, this drug is safe, then doctors can prescribe it off-label for other uses. And this is super common in general, and it's common with fluvoxamine in particular because it's only technically approved for OCD, but it is also commonly prescribed as an antidepressant. Um, So doctors could, in principle, now look at the Evidence base and go, okay, I feel confident also prescribing this for COVID treatment. But a lot of them might be reluctant to do that. So there's also the potential that the FDA will review the evidence and formally authorize or at least change its uh, clinical recommendations with respect to the drug and COVID as well. Um, and that hasn't happened yet, probably because the McMaster study went up like a week ago. But over time, as more evidence comes out, I think we'll see uh, government officials sort of revisit their clinical recommendations just as we learn more.
3: Kelsey, help me understand why fluvoxamine is maybe better than the horse-paced ivermectin situation.
5: So I think it would be a mistake to have the takeaway from the ivermectin situation be repurposed treatments don't work. I think the correct takeaway there is like you have to actually run high quality clinical trials that randomize the population, report all of their data, uh, are published, are transparent, make their methodology really clear. The ivermectin studies are really, really bad. And as a result, like they can't teach us that whether their drug works. The fluvoxamine studies are higher quality and actually the TOGETHER trial at McMaster University, the large randomized trial that found promising results for fluvoxamine, also had an ivermectin arm. And their finding was that ivermectin just doesn't work. Uh, So you got to think about the difference between these drugs as like, when we conduct high quality studies, what do we find? And you shouldn't say, okay, we shouldn't take ivermectin because it's a repurposed drug. That would be the wrong lesson. You shouldn't take ivermectin because the data really doesn't hold up and it doesn't look like it works.
3: But like last week, the talk of the town was horse pace and ivermectin. Why isn't fluvoxamine getting much attention? Or is that just my my perception?
5: Nope, that's, that is my perception as well. The ivermectin conversation is a hundred times louder and more enthusiastic than the fluvoxamine conversation, despite the fact that I think the evidence base for fluvoxamine looks a lot better. I sort of think that the fact that ivermectin is discouraged by the FDA and the fact that the evidence base around it is so mixed and that a lot of people are, you know, saying there's nothing here has encouraged the ivermectin fandom rather than sort of putting a damper on it like in a lot of ways i think people are looking for something that is suppressed by the fda something that you know the government won't tell them about
3: Mm, so the government needs to say don't take fluvoxamine and then it'll get the buzz
5: you know i i can't rule that out These are kind of crazy times, but it seems possible that more people would take fluvoxamine if the FDA condemned it as, um, I don't know what the equivalent of horse paste for fluvoxamine would be. Um,
3: Kelsey Piper writes for Future Perfect at Vox. Today's show is produced by Will Reed with help from Amina al-Sadi. Stay safe, people.
0: What are you doing in here? This is my room. Uh, Nothing. Nothing. I'm doing nothing. Wait a minute. Are you recording? Are you Uh, recording? I'm almost done. Just
1: just let me finish. I'm on a roll. Okay. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash explained. Upfront payment of $45 required, equivalent to
0: $15
1: a month. Right, that's 15 times 3. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint
3: Mobile for details. Oh, woo. <laughs> okay, that was actually pretty good.